Hello there and welcome back to another week of full-time team talk. We're here for another week of the Premier League and what you've all been waiting for, the Carabao Cup. I'm joined by James Hobbs. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Um, a bit under the weather, but I'll, I'll soldier on through just like, like Liverpool, you know, do or don't, whatever you want to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> They're on their holidays already, but we'll talk about that later. Um, let's talk first about Manchester City, who absolutely steamrolled Watford. The game finished Watford nil, Manchester City six, and my God, what a performance that was from them. Um, Sergio Aguero got a hat trick. Gabriel Jesus was in on the goals as well, and he, he, you know, he created a couple for Aguero. And you know, they look they look incredibly dangerous at the moment, Manchester City. And I mean, James, they they kind of did this last year. They started very very well. They scored a lot of goals. I mean, they've already got a goal difference of you know fourteen in the like fifth game running. So. You know, do you think they can? Do you think they'll trail off again like they did last year, or do you think they can really keep this up? I think be able to keep this up uh, for most part against maybe the lesser teams for definite. Um, against Paul, the, where they beat uh, them five nil, uh, they did sort of get a little bit lucky with the fact that Mane got sent off, uh, and that seemed to you know dis- disrupt the whole of Liverpool's play, and they went on to destroy him five nil. Um, Watford had 11 men and I actually thought they were going to give them quite uh, a run for their money because Watford haven't played too badly this season you know they've been alright um, and I, th- I thought to myself it was going to be a tighter game I I neglected adding this onto a betting slip uh, for more than two and a half goals um, which I now regret um, but yeah I, I think what the way Manchester City basically considering that last season um probably weren't as good defensively as they are now uh they have made positive reinforcements to that area of the uh the pitch and now with uh the likes basically of the De Bruyne playing brilliantly silver the mini guardiola <laughs> basically with his new haircut really well and Jesus and Romero on fire they're, they're absolutely brilliant so yeah I, I do think they keep up but it will be interesting to see them against uh better opposition probably the likes of Manchester United and Chelsea yeah, I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, Aguero scored a hat-trick. And last season, he didn't really look to be in Pep Guardiola's plans. I mean, Gabriel Jesus came in and Aguero got kind of shafted out of the team a little bit. Gabriel Jesus did get injured and that did put Aguero back in. But everyone thought, oh, you know, Gabriel Jesus is going to come back into the team and then Aguero is going to be gone. That's fine. But he has been absolutely phenomenal, Aguero, hasn't he? Yeah, don't count Aguero out. I mean, yeah, he's got a really poor injury record um, over the past, well, since he's even come to the Premier League. You know, there's several seasons where you think to yourself, oh my God, he's injured again. But the difference with him, um, let's say Sturridge, for instance, because Sturridge basically is known as uh, a wet paper bag or wet lettuce when it comes to injuries. Um, The new sick note, as it were. You know, when Sturridge comes back from an injury... It, it takes a while for him to get back, even if he does get back into it. Whereas Aguero gets back from an injury, and he's just the same as he was when he when he was injured. He is absolutely phenomenal, and he scores brilliant goals. And his partnership with Jesus, and in fact that whole sort of forward lineup, um, doesn't matter doesn't matter who they put on. If they put Sane on, if they have Silver on, if they have De Bruyne on, all those people, they all seem to be connected telepathically. 
that they really know where each other are at all times and how to put in really good um, balls to score goals and they're doing really well this season and them to Jesus and uh, Aguero this season as a partnership uh, are going to be really really good yeah I mean Manchester City have Crystal Palace next week which at home which you'd expect them to do well in and then in a couple of weeks they have Chelsea away which we'll talk about a bit later in the show uh, I'm sure we will we'll mention Chelsea probably we, we might do we'll see and um, also, we'll go to their neighbours, Manchester United, who, James, they had a performance which is very similar to a couple we've already seen where they they score a goal quite early on. They look like they're in control. They don't look like they're absolutely destroying the game like Manchester City did against Watford. And then all of a sudden, they'll just score another two or three and just, just kill the game right in the last moments. It finished uh, Manchester United for Everton nil. It was maybe dubbed the battle of the two strikers when it was Lukaku up against his former team and Rooney up against his former team. But it was Lukaku who kind of had the last laugh. We'll have, we'll, we will talk about that in a, in, a, in a second. But I mean, just in terms of the performance of Manchester United and Everton, James, how did you well, rate start this? Start Everton first. Um, we've mentioned it on the podcast many a times. Uh, Basically, the amount of players that they brought in, uh, you either basically do one or two things. You'll take a really long time to gel, uh, or you go and you play well straight away and it just clicks. And unfortunately for them, it isn't clicking at the moment. Um, they've been terrible for all season, and they've been that bad that they are now in the relegation zone. Um, and, and I actually think to myself that you get rid of someone like De Boer after only four games uh, for Crystal Palace, Bowman might be heading the same way. Uh, but don't take anything away from Manchester United. Uh, they did play well. Um, it was, again, another one of those situations where they didn't, didn't seem to take apart the team until the last 15 minutes. And interestingly enough, in this game, it was Wayne Rooney uh, his substitution, which led to the dis- dis- complete collapse of Everton, uh, and as soon as he went off, it seemed basically that the fight had gone out of the team, and Everton basically found himself going one nil to three nil within about fifteen minutes, and just absolutely laughable from their view. But well done to Manchester United, another really good win. And there was another moment in the game which everyone has been talking about where. Romelu Lukaku basically scored against his old club and it was in the celebration he had he kind of gestured to the fans as if to say you know I can't hear you so just to give the listeners a bit of context basically what happened was Lukaku hit a free kick against the wall the Everton fans started jeering and going woo woo wanker and all that kind of stuff booing him and then literally seconds later after a little bit of pinball in the Everton box Romelu Lukaku found the net and he kind of gave that to the fans. I mean, James, what do you make of that celebration? Well, I kind of find it funny, just like you, that, you know, from when he was about to take the free kick, uh, he did hit it straight into the wall, uh, that it would end up basically going right back to him at the end to score the goal. Um, you know, football fans do it all the time. You know, a player, player leaves their club, um, and when they return, they think basically, that they've um, turned on them, basically it's treason or something like that. I mean, it, it isn't really. Um, Lukaku decided that 
he had an opportunity to go join Manchester United, who had just got back into the Champions League. He decided he, he could go over and play with better players, with the likes of Pogba and, and others, basically, where he felt to himself, this is where I can finally go to a club where I can win trophies. And yes, I believe that maybe it's disrespectful, basically, from the Everton fans who have done that. Um, okay, but this whole disrespect thing basically may have been a two-way street because, you know, Lukaku was getting his, his own back, basically, and um, maybe certain parties may not be looking uh, at Lukaku uh, having a, sort of a lack of respect, but it's a two-way street, to be honest, Matt. Yeah, I think I think it is. But, I mean, at the same time as well, I think most football fans, they give a lot out. And I think sometimes they need to learn how to take it back as well. I don't think there was anything really that malicious in Costa's celebration. Costa? Um, Lukaku. <laughs> Lukaku's celebration. Um, I think it was just a bit of... I think what was supposed to be a, a bit of kind of light-hearted banter. But I think there are so many players now that don't celebrate when they score against their old clubs, if they've been on loan at them or somewhere, something like that. And I think it's a bit of, bit of nonsense, really. So I kind of welcome this. And I think it's I think it's not too bad. He hasn't kind of done an Adebayor... Um, I think he's just kind of he's poked fun at the facts that Everton fans were giving him a bit a bit of jip just before he scored scored his yeah. goal. So you know, and I, I don't think this will be the last time he'll ever score a goal against Everton as well. So we'll see how that goes in the future. Um, so we will go to where should we go to next? Let's go to Stamford Bridge next, where Chelsea played Arsenal in the game that was probably built to be the biggest of the weekend. Um, and it finished Chelsea nil, Arsenal nil. And of course, David Luiz got sent off very late on. Um, I was at this game, and I have to admit, I was disappointed. Not because I felt during the game we should have won. I think it draws a fair result, but I think before the game, I would have looked at Arsenal and thought, this is a game we have to try and win. We have to try and win this game. It's they're not in a good place at the moment I think we should be winning this we didn't and in fairness Arsenal played very very well defensively they were very good they limited any chance we kind of had if anything Arsenal actually had the better chances of the game so you know Lacazette missed a very um, easy chance Ramsey hit the woodwork you know so it could have been Arsenal could have won the game really Um, but I, I can't really be too disappointed if I'm looking at it from my own personal point of view I'm a little bit gutted but Looking at the game as a whole, I think the draw is probably a fair result. I mean, what did you make of the game, James? Um, yeah, I mean, in the, in the same sort of sense as what you before before the game, um, I thought Arsenal going into the game weren't were probably going to get beaten. Uh, I know after they played so bitterly against uh, Liverpool, um, going up against. Bournemouth, which they, I think, beat them 3-0, and then they had the Europa League game uh, as well, basically, which won. Um, neither of them were amazing victories, uh, so I thought going into this game with <laughs> Chelsea as strong as they have been uh, since the loss in the beginning of the season, I felt that they basically would take this. But I've got to say, in, in all fairness, I think Arsenal probably slightly played uh, the better football and probably looked more like winning it in the end but then again that was helped obviously by David Luiz getting sent off for I, I kind of think a slightly harsh uh, in my own view uh, simply because he was being hassled by another Arsenal player just before he made that 
uh, foul. So I think may have basically could have not been a red card, but you know, I understand the referee gave it. But yeah, I think possibly Arsenal uh, at the end of the game would have been a little bit more disappointed that they didn't get something, you know, all three points really. Yeah, I mean, my personal view on the David Luiz red card, I, I I thought it was a red card all day. I mean, when we when we watched it live, as soon as we saw him go in like that, and we, as soon as we saw the referee kind of run over the way he did, we were like, "Yep, he's gone." That's mm. that's kind of that. And I did watch it back, and I was think, I was thinking maybe he didn't catch him as badly, but I think you could just see he, the way he kind of lunged in. I can I can understand why that was that was given basically. So. Um, yeah, he'll miss um, he'll miss the next three. Well, the next two more games now because he's missed obviously the Carabao Cup game, which has got been and gone. And then of course he'll miss Stoke away and Manchester City at home. So we will see how I think Andreas Christensen will step in for him in the centre of defence, and we'll see how he does. Something tells me that he'll have a bit of a tough time against Sergio Aguero, but we shall see. Um, so our last Premier League game we'll move on to. Liverpool against Burnley. Now, James, this is a game that I didn't actually watch, so I'm going to be the listener who hasn't seen it either. So I, I can kind of see from the game the way it kind of went. Obviously, one talking point is Coutinho came back, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But just just walk me through the game if you can. I'll be honest with you. I didn't actually watch it either. And the reason why I haven't done it is because of... The I, I I listened to the game, um, in terms of the Soccer Saturday show on uh, on Sky Sports, and as that was going on, um, I just I just couldn't believe what was going on again. It's it's, it's the same old story with Liverpool. I mean, you're at home. You're against what would be considered a team that is relegation sort of like area bound maybe oh, you know they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge they did, they did <laughs> but again a red card probably helped yeah. in that situation um but against a team like that at home especially when you've just come off a 5-0 drubbing against Manchester City and letting your fans down in the severe game in the in your first game back in the Champions League by letting a two-one lead slip right at the end, I think you needed to come out and you needed to to to, to basically destroy Burnley. And once again, it's the same old story with Liverpool against these lower opposition teams. It's, it's they've gone out, they've had I believe thirty-five shots on goal against Burnley's maybe eight, I think it was, maybe even less than that. And I think we had roughly around about. 70, well, over 70% possession um, throughout the whole game. And yet you've scored one goal and you've gone away with a one on draw. And you cannot fathom, basically, to what it feels like to be a Liverpool fan to know that they've got so much attacking talent that just can't seem to fucking score a goal. You know, you've gone away, basically, to. You've gone and taken Arsenal apart, even though Arsenal were terrible. Um, and in the last. You know, you, in all fairness, there's a game, we did actually do really well, and, you know, it could be with that, basically, with uh, that severe game, we had Marnie back, and then we get to the weekend game against Burnley, we didn't score a goal, and of course, we'll talk about Liverpool later during the during the EFL uh, uh, discussion, but 
you can't basically tell me that you know only Salah is able to score goals. Firmino not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Sturridge actually came and started, I think, in that game, and he didn't do what he's supposed to be doing, which is scoring goals. He's stuck on 99, basically, uh, for Premier League goals, and he can't seem to score another one. And the Kukos Coutinho steps back in, and he can't find the bloody net. So it's frustrating at the moment, and Liverpool fans basically are, are wondering why. Uh, defensively, obviously, is the, our problems that we're facing that we, we need to sort out and why we didn't buy uh, another centre-back which are better than the ones that we've got now. But we're also now wondering to ourselves, did they make a mistake by not buying a striker in uh, the summer transfer window? And, you know, maybe it was not a wise idea, even though Firmino did start off the season well, maybe it's not a wise idea to to have him as our technically main striker because he isn't one, you know, and he is inconsistent. So, yeah, not happy with the weekend game. And I think it's a get, you know, with the amount of chances we had, we should have easily won that game by, by several goals. Yeah, I did uh, have a brief look at the statistics as well. It was 71% possession, 35 shots. How many you know, of those are, those are on the target, of... by the way? Nine. Nine out of 35. They've got to stop doing this hit and hope bollocks, basically, that they keep doing. You know, work, do what other teams do. Do what the Manchester United and the Cities do, basically, and then work the ball into a good position and then play into the box to someone who can fucking finish. Because right now, they're not. They're just hitting and hoping. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those... One of those games for Liverpool again, which, you know, like we, we we kind of said in the last episode, we were going, oh, you know, like, you know, Burnley at home, we'll see, you know, they, they have these problems, but it seems to be the same uh, same issues again, basically. Next up for Liverpool in the Premier League, of course, is Leicester City, <laughs> who they played in the, <laughs> the, um, the, the Carabao Cup, which we'll talk about after our next segment which is the um, full-time team talk fancy Premier League of course and some good news for you this Mm. week James you actually managed to beat me without remembering to sort my bloody team out because it's obviously like I said the last time that was the international break and I forgot to do it then and then of course a certain personal fact in my life basically stopped me from doing it this week but um, because I forgot to take Pogba out and he was he was injured so uh, I lucked out this week, but I'm going to have to keep my eye out, make sure I sort it out this week. I'll probably do it after we finish this, to be honest. <laughs> you, you had Lukaku as captain, which was a very good choice. Yes. And <laughs> I had Harry Kane, who got two points, so a maximum of four points. And also David Luiz got sent off, which didn't help me at all. That being said, though, the scores were quite close between us. It was... It yeah. was 54 points to I think 58 so very very close margins there and also for the first time um, we have two players because normally we read out the player who has the most points in the league this week but this time it's tied it's actually um, halftime pie FC managed by Harry Bannister and team deviant managed by Leslie Pitt so well done guys you are the best players in the league this week and um, yeah, we'll see if one of us Hobbs can be the best player in the league for a week. I don't think one of us will ever do it. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. We're doomed to mediocrity. 
yeah, oh, pretty, pretty all terrible season. considering the fact that we do this show and we're not in the lead <laughs> of our own show. So it's what we know what we know of football really. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, moving on. It's Carabao time and we are going to Speaking of which, have you ever tried Carabao before? Like, it's an energy drink, right? It is an energy yeah, drink. I, I detest energy drinks. I can't get especially especially after I I downed a load of Red Bull vloggers basically in uh, Greece and puked up outside a lovely restaurant on my steak and rice dinner. So yeah, I haven't touched a Red Bull or anything energy wise since then. So <laughs> there is a fascinating insight into the life of James Hobbs. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, it's Carabao. Um, just while we're on that tangent, they, uh, they're Chelsea's, um, training kit sponsor. And every now and again, when I'm going to a game, you've just got these kind of girls who are outside of these buckets going, Carabao, Carabao, get your free Carabao. And like, no one ever takes it. They're just handing out cans of this stuff. And I'm a little bit wary. Um, but we've got the cup anyway. We've got the Carabao cup, which is what we're going to talk about now. So. Liverpool, let's get over and done with James. Liverpool went away to Leicester City and they were dumped out of the Carabao Cup and the score was 2-0. It was it took until the 65th minute for Leicester to score and then they scored again in the 78th minute. Was this a game that you managed to catch? I did watch this and I was very unhappy to have, to have watched this. I'd rather have done something better with my life, in all fairness. I mean, how, how did this one pan out? Well, very much basically like... Um, as I thought it might do, really. Uh, first half, Liverpool dominated. They really did. We had the better chances. Leicester, for most part, didn't actually look like they turned up. Um, but the problem was, Liverpool, again, um, really, just just didn't take their chances. They were pretty poor. And um, I have to say, I got to half-time, I thought to myself, you know, Maybe, maybe in the next half we could do something. Maybe if we we start off well, we'll we'll get a goal and you know it will go the way. Basically, I'm hoping it to. Didn't you know? Craig Shakespeare took his team in uh, to the half-time dressing room. Probably gave him a good bollocking. Said you know turn up. Uh, they went and they came out a totally different team. But the main turning point actually was when uh, Izoa, I believe his name is, uh, got injured in the box. Uh, weird, weird um, situation. The cross, it was actually a, a corner that he, des- I think, decided to head her away. And as the ball struck his head, he collapsed on the floor. Um, and he just sort of was had to be taken off. It was very strange um, coming from, you know, from what it looks like. But he was taken off and Okazaki was uh, brought on. And he was, he was like dynamite. He just came on... Absolutely, just, just it was like it was like a shock to the system f- for us because we didn't know how to handle him. Uh, and within minutes, they basically went and scored a goal. I thought, okay, now it's time for Liverpool to do what. Hopefully, I, I hope they do best, and that's react. And Liverpool are a reaction team sometimes, where they need to basically a goal to go in for them to to go back and score some. Wasn't the case. Um, Stimani, uh, I believe, scored the uh, second goal for Leicester. Absolute thunderbolt into the top corner. Uh, and once again, Liverpool um, pay for not taking their chances. They pay basically for having 
uh, poor defensive uh, duties. I mean, the, the midfield again play well. You know, it's the second second game in a row. Well, third game in a row actually now. Probably fourth game. <laughs> to be honest, they're pretty pretty poor this season. Um, and yeah, yeah. All in all, it's bad, and I feel sorry basically for the players who would have been using the League Cup to try and get themselves into the Liverpool team, such as Danny Ings, John Flanagan, you know, people like that. People who now, because of that, probably won't get a game until the FA Cup comes around in December, and they'll be using the lower, providing that we're placing lower league opposition, you know, they'll, that's probably when they'll get their chance next, and it's just not enough. People like Danny Ings, who's been out for nearly two seasons, need more matches, and the League Cup was that, and that's it. It's gone now. feel sorry for him, and uh, bye-bye to that, that trophy this season. There was a video of a Mr. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain oh doing the rounds this morning, <laughs> and it was, a, it was a compilation video of his greatest hits from the game last night. Have you, have you seen this video? I have seen this video. I've seen it done it many, is. many ways. It was it was horrendous. I mean, was he that bad in the game? He was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. Before, when we were signing him, and when he was off to on his way to Chelsea, apparently, you know, when they were doing um, doing bids, I actually thought to myself, oh, you know what? Okay, he's a decent player. Probably wouldn't basically want to spend that much on him. And of course, we came in and paid the exact same amount as you. And goes, all right, give him a chance. He's young. He's English. He's, you know, he is a talented lad, basically, from what I've seen in the past. Oh, he was absolutely bloody dog awful, basically, in this game. He he couldn't string the two passes together. He, he ran basically into players. He tried flicks that didn't work, and he missed an absolute sitter in the first half. And I just, I, I wonder, basically, now, have we just spent forty million on a dud? I really do think Arsenal may be laughing their asses off at us. Yeah, he certainly didn't have a good game. I mean, the other thing I found from the game as well is Klopp, Jurgen Klopp, saying because I think he was referring to the first goal more than anything, saying I'm I'm getting really angry about these goals. And now you may disagree with me, but to some extent, I think Liverpool's defensive problems have to stop at least maybe if not with him then his coaching staff that he's chosen with Liverpool mostly and the players that they have in defence so at some point the kind of the buck has to stop with him and I mean when I'm looking at this Liverpool team now I was thinking about on my drive home today I was thinking about the Liverpool team that Brendan Rodgers managed and yes okay it wasn't a great defensive team but however I don't remember it being anywhere near this fragile in defence now I mean that could be down to personnel it could be down to management I'm not sure maybe you obviously being a Liverpool fan you'll be able to shine a little bit more light on it than me but at what point do you as a Liverpool fan because I know obviously Jurgen Klopp is a very good manager you have to admit that but at what point do you turn around and say this is absolutely ridiculous this is your fault almost you need to fix this or you know we possibly need to look at making a change when does that happen? Well, we're already starting to go down that route, really. Um, Liverpool fans in the summer, all summer, were questioning why, basically, it, you know, we were not um, doing more to go out and buy 
better defenders. Um, Moreno was one of those players at the at the end of the season where we thought, yeah, he's going to be shifted out, no problems. I understand that maybe he's put the work in and he's doing better than what um, was probably expected of him. But I watched the Leicester, obviously watching the Leicester game, Andy Robertson, who was brought in, who was supposed to be, from what I understand, you know, the replacement and supposed to be a proper back, actually was probably one of our best players on the pitch. And I'm hoping, and really hoping that he starts now. Because he was man in the match um, from a Liverpool point of view um, because he put, he was such an attacking force in so many great uh, balls uh, that this wasn't taken up, unfortunately. Um, and then, of course, on the right-hand side, we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's doing all right at the moment, but we need Nathaniel Klein back because he is the more experienced player. The problem is with central and middle defence, they didn't. They went for Van Dyke, stupidly, basically tried tapping him up, which of course I don't. I'm, I'm wholly against. Um, had to uh, apologise embarrassingly, uh, and then had to sit back and wait until someone made a bid so that we could then make a bid. And so, sorry, but there's so many really good central defenders in the world, and we only went for one, and that is down to. To Jurgen Klopp basically being stubborn. That's down to the transfer committee not basically looking elsewhere and finding someone else that's better. And that's down to the board basically probably not wanting to fork over money to to buy someone because obviously Van Dyke is I, th- I believe is still quite uh, young, um, but they're not willing to f- pay money for people like I've said in the last podcast. There's uh, Benucci and there was. Um, uh, Howard is going for pretty cheap money in today's market and uh, I didn't even think about going for them and we are starting to blame blame the board and everything like that and I have heard rumours that potentially um, Liverpool could look at bringing in uh, a club legend in Sammy Hupia, uh in as our defensive coach I mean he obviously didn't have a great um, management uh, career as it were Um I would absolutely love Sammy Hilpia to come in and actually teach these idiots that seem to, you know, seem to basically defend for us uh, at the moment because Lovren keeps making mistakes. Clavin, as far as I was concerned, at one point was brought in as backup, basically, if everyone else gets injured. Now he seems to be, um, you know, keep getting games. Hopefully, it's this is the end of that. I just see they are starting to blame, um, unfortunately. Klopp because yeah he can turn around and say for all he wants that he's angry. Guess what, mate? We're angry as well. You're the one that can sort these things out. Get to sorting. Because that's the thing. I mean, aside from personnel, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, think of a hypothetical situation where a Diego Simeone, a Jose Mourinho, or an Antonio Conte is the manager of Liverpool with exactly the same squad. You know, as much as the the, the defenders aren't possibly up to the quality of um, the teams of the other managers. You you would still expect, though, that one of the, those managers would, would be able to set the team up defensively. And I think that was my point where I'm kind of getting at with Klopp is, you know, is there an underlying problem where, yes, the quality's not great and it could be better, but do you think there's a deeper problem in, in, in the kind of way they're being coached. I mean, obviously, you did say if Hippia comes in, that could help. But 
like I said, do you think there's something deeper in, in that? I think the way Klopp likes to play um, is the fact that he wants to go out and you know try and attack and score as many goals as possible. Maybe the goals going against probably wouldn't matter. I mean, it, obviously, if we're losing, you know, two goals to Burnley, but we're scoring four goals, obviously, in the end, it doesn't matter. But sometimes that just doesn't work, and we found that out against Manchester City. We've we found out in the past when we've gone up against. Um, sort of lower opposition I couldn't count basically on my fingers how many times we did last season and the season before where we've gone up against Burnley or Watford or someone like that dominated with shots and and goals not being able to put stuff away and then they've gone up the other end and they've scored straight away because defensively we're, we're lacking it does come down to Jurgen Klopp I think maybe he isn't tactically Maybe he is tactically inept when it comes to defensive wise, but I think you know you, you, people have basically been saying we're no better off than we were when we were with Brendan Rodgers, and that's true. So it's now two managers who like to play attacking football, but don't really like to sort of like think about the defensive side of things. So it could be a case the whole of Liverpool just doesn't like to defend but, but we've never been really good at defence in all fairness when we always do things the hard way especially you look at us in cup games how many times have you seen Liverpool in a cup game do anything in easily never have never have mm. never will and I mean we'd like to basically be the Manchester United's or the Manchester City's and the Chelsea's basically where defensive wise you sound and you know, you go up the other end and you score goals at the same time. But for some reason, Liverpool just can't bring in these world-class defenders that we need to 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 sort it out. Because it comes, it's a two-way street. Basically, the manager's got a beast to be good at knowing how to set things up defensively. But then the players on the pitch have to do the the, the job at the same time. Yeah. Well, it is Liverpool who have been. Dumped out of the Carabao Cup. Bye. I do apologise, Hobbs. Well, uh, we will, we will, we will have to move on without them, <laughs> and we will go to Stamford Bridge, um, where Chelsea played Nottingham Forest last night. I watched as much as I could of this last night. I had to watch it on a stream as it wasn't televised. Shh, don't tell anyone. I had to watch it on a stream. It's fine. <laughs> no one knows. Um, yeah, so I had to watch it on a stream. It was. Um, a very comfortable night in the end. Um, from what I saw, Nottingham Forest gave Chelsea way too much respect, and by the time they tried to start playing, it was 3-0 at half-time. Um, it was Kennedy, um, Charlie Masunda, and Batshuayi, who scored before the break, which, you know, really good to see Kennedy and Charlie Masunda playing. There was... I wouldn't call it a, a, a kind of full reserve team as such. I mean, you kind of had guys like Caballero, Rudiger, Zappacosta, Bakayoko... Even well, even Eden Hazard played, you know, to get match fitness as well. So it wasn't like we kind of put out our, our full reserve team, but you know there were some guys who were given a break. Um, but Batshuayi ended up getting a hat trick after some good work from Eden Hazard and assisted him for two goals. It was a bit of a funny hat trick because the last goal, actually, Kennedy managed to get it, cannoned it onto the crossbar, hit the crossbar, just came straight back out, hit Batshuayi, went back in. I don't know how much he knew about that. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a very, very comfortable evening for Chelsea. Um, and I mean, so the, the the one thing that I saw from the game, which I quite like, is that the substitutes previously 
we might have put on maybe Moses, Willian, or you know Morata. They were on the bench, but they actually Conte actually pleasantly prized me and put, put on um, three of our academy players: Clark, Salter, Sterling, and Ampadu. Um, Ampadu, seventeen years old as well. Um, so that was a nice surprise, considering Chelsea at the moment aren't exactly, you know, a great team when it comes to youth players so it was nice to see that really I was I was quite happy with that um, so yeah they'll uh, they'll join everyone else in the next round is there anything Hobbs you'd like to add to the Chelsea game no <laughs> no that's good, good to see basically no, I'm just... out of the Carabao Cup with Liverpool yeah, pretty much so just, I mean you, you look at basically uh, the results basically from most of the teams that um, uh, the big teams and yeah apart from Arsenal, who struggled against Doncaster for some reason, pretty much went exactly how we probably expected the uh, the Carabao Cup to go. Yeah, so we'll have a look and see who's in the last 16. And then, Hobbs, I'll ask you to pick the tie of the round, in your opinion. Um, so our first game is Arsenal versus Norwich. And then AFC Bournemouth against Middlesbrough. Bristol City against Crystal Palace. Chelsea against Everton. Leicester City against Leeds United. Manchester City against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Swansea City against Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur against West Ham United. It's split. It's split down the middle for me uh, with those two because I think Chelsea versus Everton is going to be a very good game. Um, but then again, the London derby, Tottenham versus West Ham could be a spicy one. Maybe it can lighten up at really Wembley because that place was dead the other night in the league. Oh Cup. god, they had like twenty five thousand there, didn't they? In a ninety thousand state stadium, twenty five and three thousand were Burnley, Barnsley fans, I think. Was it Barnsley they played? I'm sure it was Barnsley. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, let's go with Barnsley. Apologies, Barnsley fans. We've just completely forgotten. Uh, it was only, Barnsley. Only twenty odd thousand Tottenham fans turning up to a game. You know, even. They should, if they, if you think about it, maybe Tottenham should have gone right. Okay, it's lower league opposition. Let's fill out the stadium. Let's basically make an atmosphere out of it. Sell the tickets off cheap. Don't 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 basically try and you know fleece people for what they don't have. You know, sod it. Ten of you know ten of for adults, five for children. Or maybe it's children getting free. Do that. Well, it's it's a bit of a strange one because obviously Tottenham. You know they had they had twenty three thousand well just just under twenty four thousand tickets sold for the game for like you said a ninety you know thousand seat stadium as far as I can see they didn't really have any restrictions on the on the seating so they could have had that many um, you know whereas Chelsea had from what I could tell was almost full you know a full stadium of almost forty two thousand and it's not like they were really playing anyone too different you know it's not like we were playing anyone bigger. So it's it's quite an odd one. Why you wonder why maybe Tottenham Tottenham fans didn't want to go? Maybe they were just a bit fed up with the whole not winning at Wembley, and they thought, oh no, if I go, we're not going to win again. I don't want to make the trip, and I don't want to pay the money. But they did manage to sneak a one nil win, yeah. and they will join everyone else in the last sixteen. Wasn't a great game. So there we go. <laughs> no. So there we go. Another week of football discussed, and we will be back next week after we've looked at the Premier League, and we're back to the Champions League where Chelsea are going away to Atletico Madrid which I'm sure will be a fascinating fascinating game and James who do Liverpool have? Spartak Moscow uh, away so that will be an early kickoff won't it they normally have I would imagine so yeah they normally have those games about 
quarter past five or something. Uh, so, uh, what makes your uh, game against Athletic Madrid easier is that you've now uh, agreed to see uh, sell Diego Costa to him. Yeah, fifty-eight million pounds. That's not bad for a fat lad, is it? That's a hell of a price, basically, for him. That's that's well done. So, Considering he's basically been holed up in his Brazilian favela or something, I think we're uh, <laughs> we're very we're very grateful Release to be getting that. I would, I would thought I thought we would be basically be lucky to break even. So I'm very happy with that um, as a Chelsea fan. So James, let's tell all the good footballing people or where they can find us. Yes, if you uh, want to join our Facebook page, it's uh, full time. T- Team Talk, just type that into the search and you'll find us. Uh, if you want us on Twitter, then just type in at Team Talk Podcast. And you can listen to us via Acast, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Correct. So, like I said, that's it. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much, guys. Stop.